Life in the modern NHL is all about cap space gymnastics. Let's take a look at the Dallas Stars' current cap situation and who should stay and who should go. That's next on Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm Joey Erickson, former producer of 105 Through the Fan and play-by-play voice of the Chippewa Steel. Please be sure to subscribe. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. And as always, thank you so much for making us a part of your day and making us your first listen. The Dallas Stars, like many other teams in the National Hockey League, are always bumping up against that cat. And you have to figure out a way to get the job done either way. And the Stars have done a very decent job over the past few seasons of doing that. But we spoke about Matt Duchesne a couple of days ago. Will he stay in a Stars uniform next year? And of course, that has to do with contracts and money and all that good stuff. So let's take a a deeper look into the Dallas Stars cap situation today. So uh, plenty of fun stuff on the docket, including comparing the Dallas Stars Stanley Cup champions back in 1999 to the team now. Just You'll have to indulge me for that one. And also a cool little story about Essa Lindell and a former hockey team he played for back in Finland. All righty, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Of course, you can find all of these numbers, by the way, on Cap Friendly. Really encourage you to go take a look. It has just everything like age, roster size, even draft picks, who is making what, how many years, uh, including Texas Stars uh, contracts with Stan Coven and Bork, which are ones to keep an eye on, uh, of course. So uh, really encourage you to take a look. Um, so the Dallas Stars have projected cap space at this point in time, $420,000 and $843,000. I should have said $420,843 is uh, the current uh, projected cap space for the Dallas Stars. But I, I wanted to focus uh, around just a few contracts. I don't want to go through everybody, uh, of course, but the ones that I think uh, are going to have the biggest impact moving forward uh, or not have the, the biggest impact. So we begin here with, with these two in Ty Delandria and Sam Steele. So Delandria is a restricted free agent uh, at the end of this season, along with Sam Steele. Delandria is really interesting because, of course, he's 23. Steele is also really interesting because he's been really good. And he's just 25 years old. He's not making a ton. You probably could get him for cheap for a, a few more seasons. For him, it's probably going to be more uh, about years, right? And can the Stars really match that uh, for the amount that he may want? Uh, as well. Um, I'm willing to move off to Landria. He's also an intriguing trade piece in about a month because yes, he is only 23. And if you're going to let him walk in the summer, because look, you, 
he's the odd man out, right? He's just the odd man out. <laughs> and uh, look, he's played some productive minutes. Maybe maybe not productive because he hasn't lit up the scoreboard, but he's played top six minutes at, at points in his career with the Stars. And I could see a lot of teams thinking, yeah, we can we can work with that. Like uh, a guy that's still young on the cusp of his prime and he's cheap. That, that does have some upside offensively. Maybe if you surround him uh, with, with, with good players. Right. And uh, I, I think he'll be intriguing because at the same time, the stars probably want a right shot defenseman and probably need one. You're out on Stan Coven and Bork for trade pieces like you hang up the phone if anybody asks for them you do have a couple of first round picks for the next few seasons you have a second round pick next year so that will come into play as well so if you are going to let Delandria walk in the summer because look he's just kind of been the odd man out and he's he's going to want to play uh at some point even if you if he wants to be here so you kind of have to take that uh, into uh, uh into uh consideration um Steele, as much as I really like his play, maybe somebody you're willing to let walk too because you got to think about Joe Pavelski and Matt Duchesne. Are you going to be able to meet Matt Duchesne where he thinks he should be, especially after the impact he's had this summer? And of course, other factors play into that, as we, as we talked about a few days ago, family and stability. Does he want to be here for a few more years? Pavelski's interesting because he's just going to sign one-year deals from here on out and he'll take a pretty friendly deal. And of course he'll be 40 (laughs) heading into next season, but he shows no signs of slowing down. You probably want to bring Joe back. You probably want to bring, you certainly want to bring Duchesne back. Um, But, but what is that going to look like? What, right. The, the, the numbers and the years uh, are going to be very, very intriguing. But the reason I would be okay for having Delandry and Steele go by the wayside. And probably why they will is you have two really great prospects <laughs> that are knocking on the door in Maverick Bork and Logan Stankoven. And two reasons why that's great for the stars in general. One, it's very exciting. <laughs> it's going to put butts in seats, going to get eyeballs to you. And number two, it's cheap. Young talent is cheap, and you can mix them right into the fold of this new era uh, of Dallas Stars hockey. And you have a few seasons before you have to worry about handing them another deal, of course, because they're on their rookie contracts. So uh, that's another piece of the puzzle for the Stars is these are two, if let's say Delandron Steele were not here this season, look, they would be playing in the National Hockey League right now. Uh, Bork's NHL ready. It's his second season in the American Hockey League. Second leading score, Stan Coven's the leading score. And maybe he's not as NHL ready, but hard to hard to argue that. <laughs> um, maybe as a complete player, right? Because DeBoer has spoken about them, though, about how phenomenal and almost exciting they are for them to come up at, at some point. But, uh, you know, his overall play and the ability for him to be on a PK situation and things like that will also play a role. So I, I, I you can just get into a million, million different perspectives and, and ways to go about it. But 
uh, with, with Delanger and Steele coming up at the end of uh, this summer, man, it, it'll be really hard to prioritize that when you have Stan Coven and Bork. And these are good problems to have. And you probably give yourself a better chance, likely, of re-signing Matt Duchesne if you do allow Delandria and uh, and Steele to walk. So it, it, it's uh, it'll be a very intriguing summer, <laughs> especially after playoffs. And look, uh, we all want to play GM, it feels like, at points, but uh, they certainly have some uh, decisions to make. Uh, but the good thing is they do have some young talent that that is going to be cheap on the defensive side with Hawk and Ball will be a UFA at the end of the year you just let him go <laughs> um he'll, he'll be 32 you have Bischel hopefully that will be back in North America next season uh and at some point kind of take over that role I, I don't know if it's going to be early uh next year um, but you can find elsewhere, especially in the summer for, for someone like Hockenpah. And, uh, you still had to have Lindell around for another season. So you might be looking for a partner for him. Lundquist is very interesting because he has really improved his, his stock. I would say, uh, especially with beat to bore in the Dallas stars as a whole. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to be an integral part of the, of the decor. Um, and we've we've gone back and forth on him throughout the year, of course, with his healthy scratch stint. But with Miro out, he's he's done a phenomenal job. Now he's staying in the lineup, which is good news. And he's a right shot defenseman. He's a right shot defenseman. Stars don't have many to begin with. And if you're looking at next summer and Hockenpah's gone, of course, you'll try to address that in uh, the free agency period. But you want to hold on to a guy. He's only 23 at the same time. No, his his ceiling, I don't think, is Harley or, or Haskinen. But he's still so young. Like, there's there's a lot of potential there. And they're going to give him every opportunity uh, to, to make an impact. Uh, and then, of course, Harley is a big one. I mean, that's a no-brainer. He's staying. <laughs> uh, you you got to get a deal one with Harles. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see the 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 number and contract that comes at. Uh with Haskinen making 8-4, I don't see him getting up to, to that, of course. Uh, I, I don't think he would be making more, <laughs> uh, but, but you never know. Um, you're, you're probably going to see him come in like 7-5-ish, you would think. Maybe, maybe but it, it'd probably be closer to 8 if if I had to to bet. And, and of course, uh, years in, in terms uh, will, will play a, a factor in, in that. Miro doesn't have any, any terms. Uh, in, in his current contract uh, as it stands right now. So uh, a lot of intriguing storylines, I think, with the Stars and especially their their cap situation. As I mentioned, they do have their next three first-round picks. Uh, they have a couple second rounds. They don't have the 2025 one. So when you, when you look at the deadline and how that plays a factor with not answering calls about Sankoven or Bork. At least I don't think so. I don't think they're that desperate. <laughs> I don't think the stars are, are that are that desperate for uh, that high quality of a player. And who knows if one's going to be available that's even worth that uh, in, in about a month. But those picks certainly do play a role and that maybe you're willing to give up a, a, a first round for, for somebody. It, it will be a later first round, but you know teams covet picks and uh, you need assets. And there's some teams uh, that treat treat those picks like, you know, whatever, just get rid of them. <laughs> they don't mean anything. We'll, we'll figure it out in free agency and all that good stuff. 
Uh, but also the stars are so good. They've, they've proven they're really good in, in the draft. Of course, there's some stinkers, but look, everybody has those. <laughs> uh, that's just the, the nature uh, of the entire thing. So uh, those picks uh, will certainly, I think, play a factor in about a month or so. All right. There's a, a little cap space gymnastics and maybe who's going to be gone next year and who's going to stay within a star's uniform. Now, you'll have to indulge me for this next segment. We going to compare the 1999 Stanley Cup champions versus this Dallas Stars club currently. And we'll do that in just a moment. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or even three W's. The San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. It should be a classic, I feel like, at least. And go ahead and get FanDuel. You can choose who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Talking about that coin toss, it's it's 50-50 <laughs> to get it right. So many different options, and FanDuel is so, so phenomenal. So go ahead and go to FanDuel.com. Slash locked on to sign up. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Be sure to check out Locked On Sports today, the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube, covering the top sports stories of the day. So much great stuff over there. Be sure to subscribe. Hit that notification bell on Locked on Stars. Never miss an episode. Follow Locked on Stars on Twitter. You can follow me personally on Twitter at JoeyTheJet19 uh, to get your Dallas Stars fix every single day. So, okay, look, this this intrigued me, and uh, maybe this isn't in the best taste, but uh, I thought it'd be fun to kind of compare <laughs> uh, the 98-99 Stars team versus uh, uh, this year's club. And uh, yes, the Cup champions have a lot more Hall of Famers and uh, probably a lot more bigger names, but look, the cap situation has something to do with that. It was much different last year. You could, uh, or, you know, three decades ago, <laughs> uh, you could kind of create super teams to some degree. But um, here we go. Through 49 games for the Cup champions, they were 31-10-8. The Dallas Stars this season are 30-13-6. So pretty similar. Uh, of course, uh, the 99 Stars ended up boat racing the Pacific Division, 150 or 114 points, excuse me. Uh, 51, 19, and 12 was their overall record. So, uh, yeah, the Stars reached 50 wins. I don't know if, uh, <coughs> well, apologize for that. I don't know if the Stars will reach uh, 50 wins, uh, but uh, they'll, they'll probably be near it. Uh, they're going to have to go on uh, quite a bit of run uh, to get to there. They'll have to win 20 out of their next, what, 33 games or whatever it is, if my, my math uh, suits me right. Um, but where the stars really differ this season, and of course, it is hard to compare eras. I, I get that. Hockey was a much different game <laughs> uh, back in uh, the late 90s. But they had a Hall of Famer in net, Ned Belfour. They allowed 168 goals that regular season. That was first in 
the National Hockey League. They were absolutely shut down. And they had some good guys on the back end with Zubov and Sador, uh, Hatcher. I, I mean, you name it. They had it. Matheshuk was so, so deadly too. <laughs> so many uh, phenomenal guys on the back end. Ed Belfour, though, 915 save percentage, 1.99 goals against average in 61 games that season. Uh, you'll never see that anymore. <laughs> uh, only Hellenbach uh, may uh, play that many games, and uh, uh, who, who knows uh, what, what the numbers are going to look like. But, uh, yeah, Belfour is pretty good. And, of course, uh, Otter has uh, not lived up to, to that this season, averaging over three goals per game uh, allowed this season. And, of course, the Stars are averaging – uh, just uh, over three per year. And uh, that Stanley Cup team, 2.05 goals against. Man, they were shut down. But it, it's a different game. Offensively, though, as inflation rises, it seems like offense has it, it, just across the league. And, uh, of course, we've talked about it, and the Stars are just on such a blistering pace, especially over the last month, averaging over four goals per game. They're third in the National Hockey League this season with 183 goals. Uh, and uh, the Cup champs scored 236 goals that year. And uh, that was eighth in the in the regular season. Uh, so the Stars are on a comfortable pace uh, to uh, probably blow that out of the water. Um, the, the one that was funny, actually, that I, I need to, to bring up the number. So the Cups, the cup champs allowed 168 goals uh, in 98 99. The stars have already given up 151 this season. <laughs> I think that kind of shows you uh, where the uh, uh, the offense has kind of trended uh, over the years because stars will probably match that in the next two weeks. <laughs> Not probably they, they they will with with the way it's going uh, at, at some point. So uh, yeah, I I thought it would be kind of interesting to just take a look. Of course, Madonna led the way, eighty one points, and it was by quite a big margin. His hole had fifty eight that year in, in sixty games. Madonna led the way. Of course, Robertson this season has forty nine points or fifty, excuse me, in uh, forty nine games. So uh, yeah, the uh, ninety nine team had uh, quite a few Hall of Famers and Carbono and Zubov, Newendike, Hole, <laughs> and Madano. Who knows? Maybe this Stars team, when we look back at it, will have quite a few. Uh, I, I I don't know about that. Uh, it, it's hard to do that in today's NHL, and of course, the reason why is what we discussed in the uh, first segment. So I, I thought it would be, you know kind of tongue-in-cheek to just look about uh, and kind of compare. Uh, and it's always interesting the way the games change and, of course, how different it is and the way the game's played. It's just much quicker, maybe not as pretty and graceful as it once was. But, uh, yeah, that team uh, that team did it all. And, and, hey, who knows? Come this spring, this Dallas Stars team is looking pretty good. They, they have some flaws. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. We've talked about them. We've documented them throughout the season. Uh, but uh, they're looking to bring Old Glory back home. And uh, maybe that'll happen uh, at the end of the year. So anyways, look, it's the All-Star break. We're just hanging out. So <laughs> they're figuring to be, uh, uh, do something uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, I don't know, flimsy, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Let's end with Esselindel. A very, very cool story ended up uh, releasing 
yesterday. Uh, Sean Shapiro, who's a great writer, of course, uh, was part of, uh, you know, beat writer for the stars for a number of years. And of course still does a ton of content with the stars uh, and great stuff. Did a story about Esselindel and a team that he used to play for back in Finland. And uh, I'm going to throw that out there. I'll do that in just a moment. Alrighty, so Esselindel, uh, back in the heyday of his Finnish hockey days, uh, played for a team called Jokeret. Uh, Jokeret. It's like the Jokers. Uh, I, I hope that uh, is how it's pronounced. Uh, I do not have the best Finnish accent, of course, uh, if you couldn't tell. Um, but there's this really intriguing story. I'm going to try to really just get the summary and the synopsis of it uh, because there is a, a lot to read. I really encourage you to, to go read the article as well. It's on uh, D Magazine uh, from Sean Shapiro. Um, so, uh, of course, Lindell grew up in Helsinki and he ended up playing for this team, Team Jokeret, uh, you know, on the under 16 team is when he first began. And then, of course, uh, you know, for, for a few more years after that. And they actually compare this team kind of to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, believe it or not. Uh, of course, the Cowboys are winning all the Super Bowls in the uh, the early to mid 90s. Uh, and Team Jokeret was kind of similar they were like the thing they were the hockey team of Finland and uh, they won the Stanley Cup equivalent uh in the SM uh, Liga and, and they did that in 92 94 96 and 97 so Lindell grew up revering this team and, and of course played with it uh but it, it got into a kind of a, a very interesting situation the um logistics uh, of this hockey team, Team Jokerit. Uh, and, and they had some legends that kind of passed through there, like uh, Temu Solani uh, is a name, and Yari K- uh, Curry is, is another guy. So two Finnish hockey legends, uh, of course. So uh, it, it's it's really intriguing. So anyways, uh, at some point, there was a group of Russian businessmen that purchased the team, and they wanted to bring it to the KHL. Uh, of course, which is like the second biggest hockey uh, league uh, in the world. And uh, they ended up doing that. And uh, as kind of the years went by, uh, eventually the team kind of dissolved to to some degree. (laughs) Uh, And it was interesting because it was like one of the first uh, kind of, I guess you could say international teams within the KHL, like, like not in Russia. Um, And then over the years with, of course, Russia uh, and the Ukraine war and uh, and all the geopolitics uh, politics behind it, um, the team kind of got left by the wayside, so to speak, and it kind of got sanctioned and all this stuff. And it was kind of on its way to almost kind of fully absolving to to some degree. But uh, fortunately, there was a uh, famous Finnish businessman. Uh, that went back to uh, purchase it. Uh, but Essa Lindell uh, ended up partnering with uh, Timo Teravainen uh, over at, uh, at Carolina Hurricanes uh, as a partner and ownership of it, uh, of the team. So he's uh, kind of getting uh, getting the team back on its feet. It's uh, Right now, it's uh, the team, which of course was in the SM Liga when it first began back in the, uh, the 1960s, which is the, the top Finnish league. Uh, they're actually in tier two now of that league because when they came back, they were still kind of thought as you you know the the you know a team that was bought by Russia and all the the geopolitics once again. 
played a role in that. So they're actually in the second tier league. Uh, they're in third place right now. Uh, but if they win the if they win their second tier league, they have an opportunity to play the last place team in the Liga. And then if they win that series, like a playoff series, they have a chance to get back into the top division, the, the top league there at the uh, SM Liga. So I thought that was pretty interesting and, and kind of awesome how uh, Lindell uh, went out to uh, partner with, with Tara Vinen. And uh, now he's he's a part owner and uh, he's kind of trying to get it back to its glory days. And there's some great uh, there's some great quotes in here. One from Yanni Hockenpah. Uh, they were one of the teams that everyone wanted to see. One of the teams you made sure you had tickets to go watch. You never played a game against one of those big teams like Joker without it being packed. So, uh, and that's why it kind of came to the comparison of the Cowboys. Like both of these teams uh, won a ton of titles, uh, and they uh, and it kind of brought division within. Finland as well like it's kind of a love hate right the America's team <laughs> uh phenomenon how you either really like the Cowboys or yeah everybody everybody hates you and they were kind of in that similar situation so I think it, it's kind of cool that it has a ton of different tie-ins and everything and uh so yeah that's Lindell I thought was really interesting it was a story that came out I I didn't do this article justice by any means so I really encourage you just to go take a look at it but I did want to shed some light on it because uh, these are the type of stories that are very intriguing um, and, uh, it, and and just cool to see, you know, guys come together to uh, kind of almost restore what is uh, which was such a, a huge franchise and so prominent, a prominent brand uh, within uh, the SM Liga. Uh, Eric Carlson actually played there as well during the 2012-13 lockout. Uh, so, yeah, they, they've had some incredible players go through their program through the years. So please, please go go take a look at it and, and give it a read. I, I, I did my best to give it a little synopsis in a summary, but Essel and Dell is uh, part of an ownership group now <laughs> to uh, help uh, one of the most uh, storied hockey clubs in all of Finland. So thought that was uh, pretty cool and noteworthy. Alrighty, I hope you had a wonderful Thursday. Hope you're having a wonderful Thursday. Uh, not going to have an episode out tomorrow. Um, figured I have a really busy weekend uh, with my team that, uh, that that I work for. We have a few games, so I'm kind of getting prepared for that. And it's an all-star break, so figured I kind of just take a break along for it. So not going to have an episode tomorrow, but don't worry, of course. I'll be back on Monday as uh, the Stars return from the all-star break. The next day on Tuesday. So, of course, we'll be right back at it on Monday. So, no episode tomorrow. So, don't freak out. Okay. Uh, don't come after me either. Okay. <laughs> I promise we'll be back and uh, we'll hit the ground running uh, after the All Star break. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Enjoy Jake Ottinger in the All Star game. Uh, I hope it's fun. I'm hoping it's fun. Hopefully, it has a little bit of flair and uh, at least a few intriguing things to at least uh, tune into this weekend. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. And of course, we'll be right back at it next week. So have a wonderful rest of your day and we will see you on Monday. So long stars fans.